As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond the Void. Horror podcast. That's right. It's episode 349. Voidtober. With Voidtober's final. Is it really final, though? Final what? Yeah. Well, just like, you know, Friday the 13th. They called final, you know, they said final. Oh, what are we, and what are we watching? We got another episode next week, guys. That's what she's saying. It, But we're it, these are supposed to be nods to sequels and franchises, you know? As a joke, as a fun... And they are, and it's Yeah, funny. we don't have to get serious about it, all right? It's not a fucking goddamn... <laughs> anyway. And this week, we're going to be doing two movies that are pretty big, you know, new movies that I personally find... Were, yeah. I love these movies. I really do. These are some of my top picks for the years that they came out, the subsequent years that they were put out. We are doing Terrified from 2017, although it didn't really technically come out until like 2019. Me, or I should say Jason and I, Jason from Sinister Cinema Reviews, came on the podcast to do an episode with me. Terrified 2017, though, is a Argentinian film. And uh, what's the other one, Christina? Anything for Jackson from 2020. That's right. That was a, uh, well, I think it was my number one movie that year. Yeah, I think it was. Pretty sure. I mean, a lot of people don't really see the value in this one. There's a lot of people that don't. There are a lot of people that like it, but they don't think it's their favorite of the movie. But we'll get into why it's one of mine. I don't know what Christina thinks about it, to be honest. I think this is like her second time you'll, seeing it. You'll figure it out. We'll but I don't remember it. anything that she said. I know Terrified is one of uh, possibly one of our favorite movies. Right. But I don't want to say for sure because we'll find out here in a little bit. But yeah, two movies essentially that I really like and that I picked for us this week. So For Voidtober. Happy Voidtober, motherfuckers. We only got it. We got another week left, actually. So I hope you guys are having a great fucking week. This last week has been insane. I've been busy as hell. Like you always hear great story, Alex. We love hearing it every episode. But I want to give some shout outs to people for the holiday season because, man, old Satan Claus has been uh, ringing his bell at our front door here recently. And uh, thanks to a lot of listeners and supporters and subscribers from all of the different places we have, as a reminder, we do YouTube, we do podcasts, audio podcasts, and we do a website that we try to do things on occasionally. All of it is centralized to the website. We used to have writers, but we don't do that as much anymore because I, I try to do more than I can do. <laughs> and Christine was like, you got to 
cut something you gotta out. Gotta trim it down. <laughs> yeah, because I was like driving her nuts basically. But we want to give a big thanks and a shout out to Michael Connor who uh, donated a keyboard stand. Yeah, and then we had also a a gift from Plemke, who has been a huge supporter of this channel for a long time. Plemke, thank you so much for Men Behind the Sun to review that movie. He also gave us Prey as well, so I'll be giving him a thanks in that as well. Mm -hmm. But I like to spread the thanks around because I don't know where you guys listen (laughs) or where you're helping from, you know what I mean? So, But also, I want to give a big shout out to Resolution 67, who just blew our fucking minds this month. Not only a $20 super thanks and a very nice compliment but also he donated a new webcam in 4k and uh so uh my videos are gonna probably look a lot better and i'm gonna have to probably take like you know get haircuts and makeup done or something because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i you know i feel like i look like a fucking horrendous wreck so we'll we'll have to get <laughs> get that going uh, he also got us a, a new lavalier mic set. He got us a fucking the complete series to Ash versus Evil Dead. So I'm gonna have to review all of that. I might just do it by seasons, um, just because I don't know if I'm gonna have time to do each every episode. But I'll ask and see if he wants how he wants to do that. Uh, he also got us uh, the entire. I think there's three seasons of Friday the Thirteenth the series, which is like those anthology series that were kind of like about like this like toy shop or this shop this guy owned it was like an antique shop and in the basement he had all these haunted paranormal items kind of like uh what's that what's that group the Uh, warrens yeah the warrens had and so they like go through all the different items and there's a story for each of the items oh yeah yeah so that series we have which is really cool it was like back in the 80s also i think uh he also at the last minute told me he got the quartet of hellraiser on 4k for us as well dude like i am that is beyond i was never expecting anybody to buy any of that shit (laughs) in in the in the in the gift registry i really used it for my own personal and then i was like oh well if anybody wants to buy something you know Mm -hmm. so thank you guys all of you anybody that listens as well thank you like all of your support really goes a long way but you guys went the extra step and so i just wanted to say thanks you guys rock thank you so much i will be doing reviews and videos on youtube about it as well as i said a thanks on here so obviously the level of the channel is going to be heightened now i i'm gonna have to figure it all out Mm -hmm. halloween is crazy i hope it's amazing for you guys Mm-hmm. You having a good Halloween season? Are you enjoying it? Did you do things? I didn't do anything. <laughs> we usually set up a Christmas tree uh, for the three yeah, seasons. Yeah, I'm not into it. Yeah, <laughs> we should be. I like well, it. I like it when you. Do I know those you things. do, but I'm I'm not into it right now. I can help, you know. Like I just mm-hmm. been so busy. Mm-hmm. We just say hi to each other in the hallways. We're like, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Alex. <laughs> oh, you're going to that bedroom area. That's right. I'll see you in the morning when you wake up from it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, huh? How have you been doing, Christina? Oh, What's we saw on? the eclipse last week. There was a solar eclipse. Yeah, Christina kept looking and staring at it. I was like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. 
we sat outside. I watched the live stream of it actually happening, and it was it was like really gloomy and weird outside. It felt weird, and then yeah. it was you, directly over us for the first time in like forever. Yeah, and you could see the eclipse in the shadows, though. That's what I thought was really right. cool. Somewhere, like, somebody had a blood sacrifice with a baby. Well, yeah, that's what in Phoenix too, because it was right over. That's us. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Too bad I didn't have any babies the laying around. man cometh. <laughs> Zach Bagans is going to be on the bridge fighting for, <laughs> fighting for possession powers with Ak. What's his name? Aaron. Aaron, yeah. If you guys ever watched uh, the- Ghost Adventures. Yeah, we, that episode was amazing. The Goat Bridge. The Goat Man's Bridge. And uh, <laughs> it is it's, it's simultaneously one of the best episodes of- in scariest episodes, I would say. Yeah. Because, like... Geez. They're just so ridiculous. So so they go crossing the bridge for the first time at night because they always evaluate it and they have these, like, interviews and stuff and they try to get as much information about it. And then they go over the bridge and they have their moments and stuff like that. And they sent, like... This is, like, a, a wild episode because Jay, who's usually, like, their camera guy... He's, he's a little... kind of quiet. He's kind of quiet. He wears the hat and uh, he, like... He doesn't feed into dude, the drama. <laughs> dude, Jay is a fucking scary person, I think. Because <laughs> he literally went under that bridge and just started doing fucking Ouija like, board. Like fucking satanic oh, shit. Oh, that's right. It wasn't even a Ouija yeah, board. No, he did a ritual. He did a fucking ritual yeah. underneath the bridge. Yeah. Like a, a satanic ritual to stir up the ghosts. <laughs> I guess it worked. Like that's some wild shit. And not only that, then they sent his girlfriend into the forest by herself. She got attacked. To the point where it broke their relationship apart because of how... It was his wife. It was his wife. Yeah, That's they right. Got, they got they, divorced. They got divorced over it. Dude. And so then, much drama. Oh, my and God. And then when they're first crossing over the bridge, Aaron went and got really dizzy and got really weird. He, I think he ran into the forest or something like that, into the path. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh... I don't feel good. He comes back and he's like, I'm not feeling good. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Zach Biggins, Biggins. was like, oh, oh, do you feel that? I can feel that. <laughs> he was like, I think I'm being possessed too. Like, so and I was oh like, I was like, oh, here we go. Zach's yeah. jealous of Aaron. So all of a sudden he has to feel it too. <laughs> and keep in mind, guys, like we are actually fans. Like we really do like it. It is. It's really entertaining. It really is. But it, it, it has, it, it hasn't gotten better over the years though. <laughs> right. It's kind of gone down a little bit, but of we course. used to, we still watch it. We still repeat the fucking intro just as, a joke for it. It's like our time. It's like a comforting, it's our like comfort yeah. show. We watch that and we watch Nuke's Top 5 and then Right on YouTube. On YouTube. So those are our two like are ghostly like, shows. Yeah, our, our comfort shows. Yeah, our we just guilty, like watching them. Guilty pleasures. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, ghosts in a fucking, you know, reality show, you know? <laughs> hey. I'm disappointed. They used to do a lot more history of the places. They, they still do. Yeah, it's but just, not as much. Like, they don't do it as heavy as they used to. Sometimes there's not as much history. That's why. And I think they're running out of spots to go. So they have to like. <laughs> they're like I, stirring shit up. You know those episodes where they're like, oh, there was a serial killer here. We're going to try to summon the sun. You know, I'm like, nah, nah. dude, don't do that. Those yeah. are the ones I don't like because it's too much. It's like, okay, so not only are you hoping that a ghost event happens, but that you're going to channel the fucking serial killer to come through. That's a bit much, even for my open mind, you know? <laughs> right. I've been following this couple on TikTok 
and uh, they started doing little skits of like old Zach Baggins and newer Zach Baggins. Right. And it's just so funny. It's so funny. And of course, they they have to be fans yeah. because you oh, wouldn't yeah. know the difference unless you, you've been watching the show for They so watch long. it too much. But, yeah. I, but a lot of their jokes are a little bit of the earlier stuff. Yeah, because that was the funny shit. Yeah, that was That's when, when he was like, you know, come at me, bro. And like that kind of shit. I'm going to slip my wrist. Does, <laughs> does that make you mad? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll fuck you up, ghost. Like, yeah. Yeah, there is some some stuff that does happen. I think Zach thinks of himself as kind of very in tune and I I mean to be honest with you, I mean if 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 this stuff is real, I mean he's obviously tapped into something, you know, like he's either sold his soul to be like or and like all the demons and ghosts like when he brings his milkshake to the yard, all the ghosts and demons are like, "Yeah, boy." You know. <laughs> <laughs> they thirsty, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> I think he needs to keep the show going is what needs to I still to like happen. it. I, I like his historical side. I think he has a, a decent... Um, and we like his museum. Like, yo, his museum's amazing. If you go to Vegas ever, go there, dude. Like, it's, Yeah, even if you're not a fan, because a lot of people we know who aren't fans, 100%, they go and they still... They, they are now cool. fans of them because they went to that fucking place. It's yeah. amazing. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. If you like it. historical spooky shit, even if you don't believe in it, go to that. It's interesting because there's serial killer shit. There's stuff from Michael Jackson there, which is really weird. Like condoms from Michael Jackson, which yeah. just does not leave a really good thought in your head. Who's <laughs> digging through the trash? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we got a shot that we're going to be doing called a... Snowblower. A snowblower from the movie Anything for Jackson. Oh, it's not Cocaine Bear? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So we did decide to do a snowblower because there is a scene in the movie, a death scene in the movie with a snowblower, and it's got equal parts snow, which is rum chata, and equal parts cinnamon, schnapps. Hot cinnamon. Hot cinnamon schnapps. (laughs) <laughs> for the blood so blood and snow you get a snow blower it's gonna blow your fucking mind it looks really cool i'd do any of these shots for jackson though let's let's <laughs> admit it's all for you jackson it's all for you jackson, for jackson. window <sighs> that is perfection it's pretty good actually that would be a good Christmas shot. We finally did our stupid fucking run chata. But there was cinnamon yes. in it, and I was like, okay, cinnamon would work, because I was going to do mint, and then I realized rum chata has cinnamon in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense. It's it's really good. It's really good. It's delicious. Good good choice, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. See, now li- we're going to go back to 99 shots every day, because we <laughs> never buy any new alcohol. So No, because we pour, bitch. <laughs> So, any uh, alcohol distributors out there looking for them to push their stuff, you know, we're here and we do we do shots, but they're probably like, you only get so many views. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many listens. I'm not gonna. I'll send you a, a coupon. How about that? <laughs> a coupon. <laughs> Here's a fucking dollar off your fucking next purchase. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to try a snowblower, all you got to do is grab some snow and your friend Rory and go for a ride in the snowblower. <laughs> but no, you can go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. 
that's it for horror shots all right guys so now we're gonna jump into our voidtober final it's not really the final episode just to make sure you understand (laughs) with terrified from 2017 and anything for jackson from 2020 and we're gonna go ahead and do that right now Alright, Terrified came out in 2017. Like I said, it didn't hit Shutter until like 2019. It was one of those movies that just popped up out of nowhere. They mm-hmm. did barely any fucking thing. This was early days of Shutter, by the way. Uh, this is one of the movies, in fact, that I think helped launch them. Ha- helped help push their originals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's up in the air. Some of the newer ones that they do nowadays are a little bit not as good as this one i would say but for a while there when they had a little bit of extra money pumping and amc wasn't hurting as much uh they were really pushing uh for for some of these newer titles they were buying up all the best yeah terrified yeah terrified is definitely one which they are also bringing when evil lurks same director by the way so so the story is when strange events occur in a neighborhood in buenos aires a doctor specializing in the paranormal her colleague and an ex-police officer decide to investigate further. This is a movie that has been directed by Demian Rugna. He was also the writer on this. He he seems to have a winning combination there, by the way. Mm-hmm. When he has full control of his movies, they're great. And I, and I worry because they always try to split them up. Oh, you just focus on directing. Oh, you just focus. And maybe he'll do uh. something that he'll enjoy that somebody else wrote. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know... I like him. I like the winning combination. You know, I really consider this guy a master at this point in time. And I know people get irritated when you say two movies in that they're a master. <laughs> but there, he's a fucking master. Okay, he's just hitting him out of the park. Bam. bam Argentina's bam. got a fucking sweet deal for that guy. Uh, but yeah, he is the director of this movie as well as he did When Evil Lurks. Which we watched recently. Yeah, we just did a review of, and uh, it might actually be one of the, you know, top films of the year. He's done other films as far as writing goes. Um, he's also a, an editor. He's done a few things on that, but he uh, also did Satanic Hispanics. He did a director slot in this anthology that's coming out. I would keep your eyes peeled for that one. He also directed another movie called You Don't Know Who You're Talking To and Cursed Bastards, as well as a few others. But those two most recent ones are the ones that I've seen. I need to go back in his catalog because there's some fire in there somewhere. You know right. what I mean? Some of the people he has used in other uh, other films. I'm not going to go through everybody. We got Funes, who's the detective in this, the younger detective with a heart problem. He is Maximiliano Ion, who was in this film. We also have the older ex-cop Jano or Hano Chiano, who is Norberto Gonzalo. We also have Mora, Doctor Albrecht, which is Elvira Oneta. George L. Lewis, who played Rosentalk, Dr. Rosentalk, uh, uh, the woman who played Alicia, Juliet, Julieta Valina, and the next door neighbor, Walter, played by Demian Solomon. I still don't know how much money there was spent on this, you know, but Christina. Oh, yeah. What do you think of this fine film? 
since everybody's not heard your thoughts on this, I'm glad you went first or I went first. I oh, say. oh, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the story is so good and it's told so well. Now, don't get me wrong. There are slow parts in this movie because, you know, I can always I always catch those those draggy parts. But it it's the kind of slow parts that help build up the scenes. But the dialogue is so good between the actors. It really keeps you engaged. So it keeps the story moving and well paced. The story actually it kind of jumps around in the beginning, which was great because it, it didn't it didn't start when shit started to go down. Okay. Like it's it like at the beginning. It right. Oh, it right? jumps around. The whole movie so, is like in so, different times all over so the place. So it picks up really quick. So so like, you know, there's action, there's shit going on, there's crazy shit going on in the beginning. Right. So like all this this has to do with like a neighborhood. It's not just like one family or one thing. So it's like everything that's going on in this neighborhood and it starts mid-story and it jumps around and then it brings it all back to this husband who's in jail right. which like you find out why in the in the very beginning part mm. but it's just the just the story's done so well like even so even when the crazy shit happens like it, see that's what makes it so good it's because it all ties in really well and the creep factor in this is totally out of control right i mean we aren't really sure if these are ghosts or what the fuck is you know going on like every every single thing was thought out and acted well and it's like yeah it was just really good the the only (laughs) so like the only thing i don't like about the movie i hate how the english translation is terrifying because when you tell people, you're like, oh, God, you got to check out this movie, Terrified. And then they're I like, know. oh, the one with the clown. I've seen that clown movie. <laughs> you're yeah, like, no, I know. It's, it's not, not Terrifier. Fucking, it's not the fucking clown movie, okay? Well, don't be mean. <laughs> I know, but I'm just... I'm just saying that's something like I personally just don't like on yeah, a this personal is a, on level. another level to her. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just a, a gripe I had. It's not anyone's fault. I mean, you know, but yes. It is one of my favorite movies. Really? I really like this movie. I, I And we watch it every year. We've been watching it every year since it came out. Yeah. And it's just one of those lo- ones that sticks in my imagination all the yeah, time. Yeah, and it's like every time you watch it, you see something different, too, or, or I forget parts. Yeah. So it's just, it's enjoyable to watch. Right. You know, so I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Just wow. minus the point because it's called Terrified. You know, oh, I don't think you should give it a point less for that. <laughs> but let's hear your thoughts on it. But you should we give the know. other movie a point less for it. <laughs> I know, one. right? <laughs> so you're almost damn near a ten. I'm damn near a ten on this one. Okay, so it's not as good as Poltergeist, but it's a different movie altogether. Oh yeah. Well, when I get pull, no, it's about this. I would say it's better. I like Poltergeist, but that see, Poltergeist is different because it it. It's I think a, you gave it a nine or a ten. I don't remember. I gave it like an eight. I don't remember, well, but it does. It doesn't matter. You know, it, this is it's a good modern horror movie too. When when people talk about oh nothing's original anymore, it's because you're not watching it. Right. Like, nobody's watching these. Well, and that's the thing. I was looked. I was looking through the uh, th- some of the reviews on this one just because I was curious to see on Shutter, and someone was like, "Yeah, this one's okay. I just uh, didn't really make sense. Like none of it made sense." And I was like, "That's what triggered me to do my TikTok video." Oh, uh huh. <laughs> well, you know what? I understand. I just finished watching it and i was like what the fuck why why is people need everything explained no no maybe they just it didn't make sense to them because they couldn't follow along because of the subtitles 
Because that's a problem I always have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. And, it, and, it ju- and the story jumps around. Right. So, but the, the thing for me is, is this is what I think, okay? Regardless of we those We know people, what you think. I love this film. <laughs> I went on record before saying that they were masters of, of, I was like, I think these guys are masters of suspense because of how they deal with the scare in the movie. This is a movie that is very unique in, in a lot of different ways. One, it is a movie that doesn't really traipse over some of the old tropes. You know what I mean? Like it does in a certain degree, but it's so indistinguishable between other movies that it feels wholly original. But they are using some of the older scare tactics of way back. Like the he obviously knows how to do a shock value scare and really get the bang for the buck. Because mm-hmm. there are moments in this film that not only have the right pacing, there are like ten minute long scares. Okay, Mm -hmm. in this movie. And there's multiple different scares in this movie. And the way that these are handled and the way that they are treated are just insanely well thought out. Like, I mean, like I've never seen a movie. So like there I've seen movies that try to do scares in the open daylight Mm -hmm. and they're really bad. You know, like it's so hard. You have to really have a really good understanding of what you've filmed or how you're going to film it before you get into it at the very least. Probably a mixture of both before you can actually scare somebody that well. Mm-hmm. And there is moments in this film that what I would call the elephant in the room mm-hmm. scare will now have to be called the dead kid in the room scare. Mm-hmm. Because they, oh, yeah. they do something in this movie so unique and so wildly suspenseful that nothing is happening and it is one of the most terrifying things <laughs> ever. Right. Like, and it's, you know why? Because we care about kids. Children. And it's a natural thing that you should be scared about, right? People are like, oh, no, 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 don't go that far. Mm-hmm. Why? It's scary. Right. It's supposed to scare you. Right. I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to glorify, you know, those things. But my God, does it really heighten the scare yeah especially when you still have the parents involved too and the the everything they're going through too and even if it wasn't a kid having a scare in the open and still being able to make it scary for like 20 minutes of the film is is an achievement you know what i mean like i am buttering this this fucking movie's bread let me tell you (laughs) because it really is masterful like that is some of the next level shit and i guarantee you if 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 Stephen King hadn't seen this, he would bow to it. Right. I guarantee you if he saw this movie, he bowed to it. Guillermo del Toro did. Right. Guillermo del Toro was like, uh, can we hire you? Um, let's do a remake if you want. Um, we'll give you more money to do whatever it is you want. I, I'm personally on the on the line of it doesn't need a remake. Let's just do something different. Aren't they doing an American remake? I don't think Demian Rugna is the type of person that has run out of ideas. You know, let's just put it that way. I think he has many more movies along the way. This one seems to be his spook house movie. His like supernatural ghost house movie. Only he does it in multiple different areas in a neighborhood. It's his ghost neighborhood movie, technically. Right. And I just, I mean, I'm just like in awe of it. This movie has, you know, like when I talk about movies that are slow and, you know, this is kind of slow paced, but you would never know it because... 
He gives you enough snack treats, enough scares and events that happen throughout the movie and not cheap scares. Yeah, there's a couple of, you know, moments in there that are like jolting, but most of them are well paced and you're waiting for it and building and building and building and building and building. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he does these well. This movie has a really good pace because there's just so many things that are happening every five minutes. It's like almost every five or 10 minutes, you got something new or you're you're involved in one for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like that blows me away. It may not even be everybody's favorite scene, but my God, that scene with the kid, I'm telling you, is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. It blows me away. I've never seen anything like it in a movie. It is wholly original. All the different scares and deaths, very different than I've ever seen. The subject matter of this movie being you know, otherworldly things from another layer. There's a deeper message in it that I still haven't figured out. And I've seen this movie, what, seven times probably now? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I've watched it so many fucking times. And you're trying to go deep with it, too. I do want to go deep with it. You're trying to figure it out. We're going to break it down. I wrote some of the things down. I I watched it like an investigator this time. (laughs) Because he's he's into that kind of shit, dude. He likes Mm -hmm. to leave little treats along the path for you to t- dig into and i and i think that is the the mark of a really good director a really good writer a really good fan of movies and someone who really just understands the viewer you know mm-hmm. in my personal opinion now is every one of his movies going to be perfect that's not what i said what i do say is that these are very well thought out things mm-hmm. some of them are going to hit harder for some people some are not like, I think even when evil lurks in a way, I still need to watch it again before I say for sure which one of these I like the most. Me too. But I'm leaning this one. Yeah. Just because while the other one's probably more shocking, this one has more treats along the way, all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. It's subject matter and story I'm much more into. Right. Because I love supernatural films that do it right. This one is unlike how Poltergeist did its thing so differently than other movies. This movie does its version of supernatural and hauntings very differently. There is a deeper otherworldly, like we called our podcast, Beyond the Void kind of storytelling that's going on here that he leaves little breadcrumbs to throughout the entire movie that we're going to talk about in the spoiler section as well. Mm-hmm. And I think once you see that in this movie, you'll never be able to watch it again without seeing those moments. And you'll be digging into the dark pit that I'm Uh-oh. swimming around in. <laughs> but yeah, I have, I've, there's without a doubt, this is probably a nine and a half, maybe even a 10. If it's not a nine and a half, it's probably a 10. I love this movie. This is a perfect example of what scares can be, how acting should be. The acting is good in this. The character Doc Detective Funes in this movie is sort of like the the person that, you know, in some movies they they pick a person that you're the viewer is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think he's fully aware of that, is that, that you're the clueless person. So you kind of have to be thrown into the situation to kind of bounce off of his reactions. And so it kind of like involves you as a viewer into the movie so much more. And I think he has a a really good grasp and understanding of that. And Funes is that character where he's like, I'm not into this shit. What the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. You know, he's like just bumping into stuff while everybody's like 
really into whatever they're doing so much that they're literally catching on fire from dancing near the flames. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. his character is for the viewer that's a little bit more hesitant about what's going on, you know? Right. Uh, and, and, and the way that they treat this jumping around, like you were saying, they do this like sort of, I don't want to call it a Tarantino-esque oh, thing, no, 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 no. but there are different stories going on at different times. So it may be hard to follow. And most movies that threw that into a horror movie, let me tell you, would ruin the atmosphere. Oh, totally. Would ruin the atmosphere. Not this guy. Yeah, not this one. Nope. This one is fucking thick. Yeah. All the way to the end. There's some stuff I've never seen in any horror film. I've seen so many fucking horror movies that I should probably be locked away because <laughs> it's too many. I don't own even as many as I've seen, you know? I've right. seen so many thousands of movies and it's just wholly original. And it, in this... When we're talking about originality, this is where it gets into the nines and tens for me. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if it's masterfully done and it's borrowed from something, it can still be an eight. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, a movie can still be an eight, and it, it just has to outdo the other movies that have done its per, per, personal thing better or as good or as solid. It's just solid filmmaking that I don't think about it that much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, those are like 7.5 or eights. Right. For me, this is nine and a half. This is like not only really good at what it's done, wholly original, masterful. Like I said, if it's not a 9.5, it's a 10. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, I probably should just say it's a 10 at this point because it's the only movie I ever talk about. This. And this, you, you've you watched it, like you've rewatched it. Usually when you rewatch movies, you'll you'll knock them down a little bit. And right, this no, one, no, this one just goes up every time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Poltergeist, like except yeah. Yeah, it just keeps going up. Yeah. Every time I watch it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely say recommend watching this if you've never seen it. I think it's a, a fantastic movie. I think it's it's a lot of, there's fun involved. There's darkness involved. There's scares. It's got a little bit of everything in it. There's a very slight, subtle humor in this movie that I think is makes it more entertaining. And mm -hmm. I think that also helps push it into a greater film overall. Mm -hmm. So for people who are, you know, there are some shocking bits in it, you know. They push mm -hmm. the boundaries. Right. But nothing too much. You know, it's not a shock film. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not an edgelord for watching it. <laughs> but I think you will be on the edge watching it. Does that make sense? That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into that now with some spoilers section. There's not a lot of trivia on it, so I may actually be talking to Demi and Rugna at some point. Um, whether Jason invites me on to have a conversation with him <laughs> from Sinister Cinema or not, because I'm going to fucking write him at some point. <laughs> and uh, for the next movie, too, because I really want to talk to these guys. Um, but yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, you can check this out. Both of the films today are on Shutter, so you can watch both of them. Check them out. Highly recommend. Great films for Halloween. Both of them. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So... What do you want to talk about? What is the throughput line that I mentioned well, to you? You keep mentioning the water thing, right? Right, but there's more than water. Right, which I don't know. Again, I don't go that deep into it, but the water thing, I, I just think of like the, the paranormal investigators always say that like there's higher activity towards water flows and stuff. Right. So it's like the, there, if it's a dimensional thing or something, then... then the water it coming through the water talking through the water talking to through electricity thingies the radio you know that kind of stuff you know, i get it, the feeling that this movie is much bigger than than just ghosts 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah, like I said before, like we don't know what it is. We don't. We don't know exactly what they're they're trying to do here. It's because everybody that was like attacked or killed in this movie, they seem to be victims of like some sort of Hellraiser hellscape yeah, kind of and thing. The, yeah, because then they kind of emerge into this gray thing, and and, and then they're like right. talking, and they're part of thing. the crew. Yeah, exactly. Like unwillingly participant of this puppetry. You know what right. I mean? Like. Right. Like they're. And they're out. Then now they have to kill somebody or, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, for real. Um, there's a lot of real subtle things that are in this movie, though. Like, for instance, in the very beginning of the movie, we get introduced to the Blumettis, who it's a, it's a husband and a wife. Um, she's making dinner. She's trying to make dinner. Yeah, she's like, she turns on the fucking, the, the garbage disposal. She hears like something because the water's running in there and she turns everything off and listens. And, and the she, garbage disposal's talking to her. Yeah, she can hear voices. <laughs> she's starting to hear voices. And then that's the first cue of the water. Okay. Right. Where does she go next? The After, shower. Shower. What's that? She gets beat the fuck out. <laughs> well, yeah, but this, we'll talk about this scene because... This is really masterful because I didn't even realize she got up to go to the shower because the husband wakes up because he hears there's something beating on the wall. So he thinks it's it's the neighbor. Walter, who's supposed to be remodeling, but it was only Walter. You find out later that Walter was using that as an excuse because he was having some hauntings going on in the neighborhood in the next door. Right. His are more typical hauntings at first. Right, until he gets sucked into the goddamn void. Right, but, but he hears that on the wall first. Yeah, and then he goes over and he, and he yells at the neighbor, but then he... But wrote, there's this whole process he, that they're walking, he walks out to the front yard. It's like they take their time. It's right. like everything's taking its yeah, time. Yeah, because again, and even watching it this time, like I didn't even, I forgot. Like it was the the wife in the shower. I was like, oh yeah, it's the wife <laughs> right, in the shower. Yeah. And, and something invisible is throwing her back and forth. And slamming her head into the wall. Right. Well, and, I mean, the hu- and the husband walks in and he's just like, oh my God. Well, even before we get there, it's just like the subtle things that they do in this that are, I just really, you got to pay attention to it because it's just like, he walks by the bathroom and he hears the thud again and he's like, he's like, hey honey, I'm going to bed, you know, or something, you know. Right. And he's like, the door's not even fully open, but then he's like, stops in his bedroom and he's like, wait, that's not coming from next door. That sounds closer. So then he opens the bath and he sees her floating, <laughs> being slammed from wall to wall, which at first, when I first saw this, I was a little, I thought it was a little hokey. Right. Because it's so over the top. Right. You don't see shit like that in movies. Yeah. Especially right off the bat. Right. Like that's like your big hand, you know, like mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, I thought it was a little silly at first when I saw it mm-hmm. because I was like, why is she floating? But man, like when you watch back that scene, it is intense. Mm-hmm. And there is him screaming like he's like, stop. He's telling her to stop her. She's completely dead. Her whole face is smashed in because she's she's either knocked out or completely brain dead. Right. Because she's hit the wall so hard that there's blood everywhere all over the walls. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to stop her because he loves her. And he's like telling her because that's the only thing he can rationalize. Logically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. You right. know. And then maybe not everybody like thinks that's a really good scene. But that is a great opener for a movie oh yeah for an opener that's yeah. a, an amazing opener because and, and again like you said you might think it's kind of cheesy at first but then it just gets it gets fucking creepier yeah there's some really kind of kind of hokey but also kind of like like cartoonish things that happen in this movie but i love it right and some of the 
ghosty being things, whatever they were, they were kind of, I mean, they were kind of hokey. You know? A little bit. Like the, they're pe- peeping through well, the Well, no, I just mean specific things, shit. not that. But the, the, the part where they're walking, like there's shoe prints up the side of the house. Right. You know, where the kid walked up the fucking ceiling. Right. That's kind of cartoonish. Oh, I didn't think so. Because but, the cops didn't even fucking notice it. Like, nobody noticed it. No, you see that. them look at it, and they're like, what the fuck? What is this? And then they kind of notice it a little bit later when the other doctor comes over. Right. But yeah, that intro, though, is is pretty intense. I really enjoyed it. I think that's great. And then from there on, it's just you follow this Walter guy who's just kind of like a, eh, he's just kind of like the guy that's supposed to die first. And you're, you know, you're introduced into three investigators, the forensic investigator, Hanos. Because he was calling these investigators, Walter was. Yeah, he was like one of the old ones. And he actually was a forensic investigator because he talks about it later. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back in my notes and like rewrite it down. But he was also a cop. So he like did investigations on like bodies and stuff like that as well. And maybe maybe they kind of did both back in that in that in Argentina. I don't know. But the there was another one, a paranormal doctor named Dr. Albrecht, who was a lady, and she had an assistant who was like working in the U.S. with all these occurrences that they were tracking down the same similar situation. They talk about it, that it happened in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious why they connected that. Oh, my well, God. He should do the U.S. version of what they're talking about. I think he just wanted to make it seem more widespread or maybe for oh. the U.S. viewers to feel a little more at home. Maybe that it came from us because we are evil, right? Because because we think we, we we're think, better than everyone. Right, yeah, we're like <laughs> if it doesn't have something to do with America, we don't want to do with it. You know, I mean? <laughs> it's pretty much how it is. Yeah, I know. Um, I know, right? It's like it's so many fucking movies that my dad won't watch because it's got subtitles, and I'm like, Dad, you need to watch this movie. He's like, I I just couldn't watch it. You know, too many words, <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, but like, well, I have to be in a mood. Like I, I have to, you know, be awake and and ready. I didn't. To watch. I never feel that way with this movie. Well, not you. I watch every second, like every second of it. Well, yeah, this one, yeah, because I could probably not even have to. I don't even have to read the subtitles. <laughs> then there's the next thing where they they tell the story of Walter next door who was remodeling, quote unquote, at odd times of the night, and he starts seeing a man in his room in his closet, and he like contacts Doctor Albrecht like a million times, and she won't come over unless he has proof. And he's like, "You want fucking proof, bitch? I'll give you fucking proof." And then he, he buys a camera, sets it up in there, and that night he sees a fucking naked man staring at him in his bed while he's asleep. And like he wakes up, and all of the fucking furniture and everything is all over the place at night. He's like, lights are turning on and off. He hears voices. Everything's banging on its own. He's seeing shadows of a dude like pointing to stuff like and he's like what the fuck eventually gets trapped by this this old man or something i don't know what it is he's like gets a gun out at one point he like aims it at the closet and you think for sure that that thing's going to be in there and it's not right and then he goes to review the tape and then the man comes out behind him it's like Mm -hmm. all these like subtle in the way he came out it wasn't like a jump scare you know what i mean which is great it's like it's like it's just creepy it's just creeping creeping right they do some really cool things in this movie um, that's when we get to see the kid with the soccer ball goes into his yard. And what do we see? And he's drinking from the water. Also, what was he doing before he went to bed? Walter brushing oh. his teeth. Oh, yeah. With the water. With the water. With the water. <laughs> Don't drink the water. Um, 
But the kid kicks the soccer ball in the front of Walter's yard, and uh, he starts drinking from the hose spout because it's dripping constantly. And Walter's like, get out of here. Don't leave this property right now. And he scares the kid so much that he backs up in front of a bus. And wham! <laughs> wham! <are you? laughs> Dude, I was like, oh, then, shit. Nobody goes and helps the kid. They just, like, walk up slowly. Do he, you so really want to see that? He must have been fucking smashed. I mean, would you really want to see that? I would want to help him if I could. Because they didn't even, like, try to help. Everyone was just staring at him. Well, I think it's pretty much a gross strategy. It's, like, one of those things you want to see but you don't want to see, especially with a kid. And they did a good job explaining that, too, because even they, they flashed to, like, the guy spraying the blood off the street and shit. Well, they, So uh, he really did get smashed. Oh, yeah. He is fucked up. Um, one of the... Walter, who was talking through the shutters, that's the last time you see him. Mm-hmm. And then I think he was taken. Yeah. At that point, because... Well, he says some stuff. You can hear he ob- his voice. Well, he obviously sent the pictures to Dr. Albrecht mm-hmm. in time, but we never know what happens to him. Right. Um, he obviously gets those pictures out because when the, he sees the the creature come out of the closet behind him, he sees its reflection in the gun, which hell of a shot, by the way, that they were able to work that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's some CGI in this that's, yeah, it's a little rough around the edges, but I think it works. It's not the best CGI, but right. but what they did got away with works. And that's all that matters. As long as it works to give you the scare, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So Han, Hano, the, the forensic detective, he shows up. He gets a call from Detective Funes, and this is one of my favorite parts. Funes, Funes is like a, uh, he's like, okay, you're not scared of shit, right? Like, he's like, well, I'm not really scared of things. No, why? What do you mean? He's like, I don't know. You're, just, you're not scared of things? And he's like, what do you mean scared? He's like, well, everybody's scared right now. Like, everybody's really freaked out. Like, they don't know what to think. He's like, you got to have a real strong stomach for this. I just want to make sure, you know, before we go in here because... And he's, right. like, explaining his relationship to, you know, with this woman who has a kid who got hit by a bus and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the kitchen and they see the dead kid sitting at the table with a bowl of cereal and, and a, a glass, glass of, of milk, milk with a spoon in it. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's thinking to himself, and I would be too, did she set him up? In yeah, there? of course, because that's the logical thing to think. But they talk to her, but they, they don't go right into the kitchen right. in the beginning of this. They they take steps and they right. he's building it up, like the dialogue, the narration. Yeah, exactly. He's building it up for the viewer so that you're kind of like, well, what the fuck is in the kitchen? Right. Which is great. I love this shit. This is all masterful stuff. It might be, you know, too much for some people, but I think it's perfect. You hear the mom talking about, oh, he just came to the door like he normally would. And I invited him in for breakfast. I invited him in like a good mother, you know? And it's like, she's like losing her mind. And Funes doesn't want to like tell everybody. So he calls his buddy Mm -hmm. because he wants Hano to come in and make heads or tail of this because there's an event that happened to Hano before. Right. And uh, it's Jono, but it's Hano. It's pronounced because. Oh, okay. It's a J, silent J. But yeah, he goes in there. They, they, they turn off the light and all of a sudden the, the kid knocks over a glass of milk. And they've been talking about how the officers have seen him move. He thought he saw him move. And when the glass falls over, he's like, they both panic. And I even panicked. I was like, oh my God, this is so, <laughs> I would not be in that room. You right. know what I mean? I'd be gone. Right. And then he goes over. And then checks to see if the kid has a breath, like he's breathing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he notices that he scratched himself out of the dirt for days before, because mm-hmm. he, he was buried. 
and his body's rotten. It's black. And it's all blue and shit. And it's dead as fuck. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. He's like, you cannot tell your officers that this happened or they're going to put your lady behind in right. mental institution. Right. Because there's no other there's no other thing that you can do to help her. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he's like, well, what do I tell her? This is the part. It's a little hard. To, he's right. like, well, just tell him, you know, body gases and, you know, rigor mortis and things like that. And he's like, uh, okay. okay." <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like later on, the kid, there's a kid, neighbor kid who plays soccer with this kid, jumps in the backyard to pick up some of his toys that he left in the backyard because he used to play with this kid mm-hmm. and he wanted to get his stuff. And then he sees... And then he takes videos. Yeah, he's like sees the kid in the in the in the window though, and the kid slowly turns its head, mm-hmm. and then he screams, mm-hmm. and it's like the, the 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 dead body goes back to normal, mm-hmm. and like yeah, that like, was creepy. There's the just a lot turning, of really yeah. yeah, that's some fucking creepy shit, especially dude. to the friend too. Right, creepy two kids. Yeah, in that situation, those goddamn kids. I mean, there's so many fucking moments in this. I like, how do we even? Uh, I'm trying to think of like any time there's more water and I'm wondering the milk it rained the night before for him is that why he's but he drank that water before he got killed so I guess that's why the water's in him right then it bounces back to Blumetti in the hospital who was the neighbor mm-hmm. so we're like going back and forward in time it's crazy they decided they're going to investigate all three houses there's three separate events going on at the same time mm-hmm. and they're bouncing between each of these masterfully in the yeah while this whole thing is going on and funes goes over to rosentox area which is where walter was where he saw the man mm-hmm. and then they're trying to figure out how this works and they see all this like silverware like dangling from oh, underneath a cabinet that's right and then he kind of like is touching it he's like and playing it, with it yeah he's like look you see this it's like magnetic or something and a knife comes up through his hand and sticks it into the fucking cabinet mm-hmm. and he's like wait do you hear that do you hear that and Fumes is like, what? 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 He's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. He's like, what do you mean, don't shoot? He's like, don't shoot. Do you listen? Do you hear that? It's suckling. It's drinking my blood. And he's like, holy shit, it is. And then he opens the cabinet. Open the cabinet. And it shifts all the silverware that's hanging down underneath, other than the one that's on his hand because it went into the wood, goes flying over to the other side. Creepy. Like a magnet is holding those things and dragging it over from cabinet. But through walls, we're talking about. Through cabinets. Right. So, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. I've never seen anything like that in a movie. Have you? Nope. And then, like... Creepy. That was was jolting a little bit, you know, but you're kind of expecting a jolt at that point in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got Hanos at the uh, dead kid's house. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing like silver, like glasses shake on the thing. Mm-hmm. He's listening to messages, trying to figure like, it out where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, figure it out. And Dr. Albrecht, the woman, she's in another place. She's at um, the the shower lady's house, the yep. one that was like floating around. Next door to Walter. There's a crack in the wall that the, the neighbor, Blumetti, was like complaining about before he got put away. Right. And there's, she looks in there and there's like a fucking. It's Walter mm-hmm. with blue eyes. Right. Like really glowing blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And she tries to talk to it. And that's when Funes comes in. Actually, I forget, I missed a part. There was a really cool scene where Hanos, before he gets, before Funes leaves out of like being scared, he calls Hanos and Hanos is like, 
what what's the problem what's the problem he's like there was there's something i got to get out of here and he looks out the window over across the street to the house that he's that's having the problem Mm -hmm. and he's like well there's some guy in the window who is the guy in the window Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you talking about? There is no guy in the window. What are you talking about? I can see a guy. And then he goes from one window pane to the next. So there's like two windows. Right. And as soon as he looks like over, moves to the other one, it. The, Dis- yeah, it disappears. It disappears. Yeah. And then he goes back to the other fucking window pane and he's there. And this happens like multiple times for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he appears right in his face. <laughs> and then. The phone goes dead, and, and that's when Fumes comes over to Albrecht's house. One of the crazier scenes, a hand comes out of the wall, and she's. this is where she like starts- Where she saw Walter through the wall. Right. She starts talking about what the what it is, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, because Fumes is like, I can't fucking handle this shit. I got to go. I've got blood on my hands from Hanos and fucking Rosentock right now. People are hurt. We need to go. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we can't just leave like that. You know, we have to document all this. He's like, this is not normal. And she's like talking about how like everything coexists, kind of like how Rosentalk was like light and darkness are coexisting in the same space. Mm-hmm. And so she's talking about dimensions and that there's life on both sides. And she just doesn't understand. She's like, they can nest and reproduce and they can use our bodies. And she's like, why are they aggressive, though? And then suddenly a hand comes out of the wall, grabs her head, pulls her head down, snapping her neck. Crazy. With so much force that her entire body is folded in half from her back. And it looked really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. That's when Funes goes into a full on heart attack. And then you see this creature and shit with green eyes, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. There was some sketchy CGI when Funes is over at... uh, Hanos's place but it was a cool scene because he looks in the cabinet where he sees blood mm-hmm. and he opens it with a gun like he did the other cabinet mm-hmm. and there's nothing in there mm-hmm. but then he hears Hanos screaming and moaning I got glass in my eyes or something <laughs> and then he rips the back open and you see a dead Hanos with like his eyes gouged out with glass oh my god and it looks a little silly but I mean what are you supposed to do like Right. It's two sides of a mirror. You know what I mean? So it's like one's a dimension, one's just the mirror. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like playing with that in a way. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to look a little weird. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially if we're dealing with dimensional creatures. Right. But this I also noticed is that all of the doctors, all of the investigators were doing what? What was it they first started setting up? Magnets. Oh, magnetism. Yeah, that's right. The old doctor, the um, the forensic investigator, puts them in, puts like corks and you know. Uh, I didn't even s- notice that styrofoam. Right. The other one has one of those meters. The the EFG or e- EMF detectors EMF, yeah. and like, and then the old woman, she has like this like mechanism that she puts water in, and it's like a pendulum thing. Yeah, 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 and it kind of points to the wall and. Mm-hmm. Where there's like extreme magnetism. So I think it's like, you know, just has like, you know, water they're trying, is. They're trying to find the portal. Right. Just how water is a conductor mm-hmm. and metal is a conductor. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, it's a mineral in some way. There's probably minerals in the water or something like that. Right. But it's traveling through magnetism and water. So that's where I think, you know, we thought it was just water. 
But there's definitely magnetism in there because the second half of the movie, they're dealing with magnetism. Maybe because it's gotten so powerful. Maybe. I mean, I don't know because it's such opposites because he does say it's like magnets because Rosentock, when he's like, look, on this side of the desk, he's like, I found him. He's like, look, on this side of the desk, do you see anything? And he's like, nothing. Mm-hmm. He's like, now come over here. And he goes uh, to the other side and he's right. like, you see the feet of some dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Rosentock is way too excited about this. <laughs> and fucking Fuse is fucking tripping balls, dude. I would be too. I'd be scared, obviously, because they're killing people. But that's when he's talking about the, the whole magnetism and like light and dark. He's like, you get it? You get it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, when Funes leaves, he goes over to the house to find Hanos, and I think uh, the dead girl's wife shows up, or the dead kid's uh, dead kid's mom shows up. Right, because he um, he was having a heart attack and needed to be taken to the hospital. She helps him. She thought that she tries to help him. She thought he was trying to steal her kid or something like that, but he really just wanted to hide it because it was dead, and she didn't want. They lock it in a, like a fridge or something. I thought it was funny too when when he goes to the car for her to take him to the hospital. The kids in the back. She the the right. mom put the kid in the back seat so he wouldn't he wouldn't get in the car to go. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he no. was like, fuck this shit. So he gets in his own car. I couldn't leave him in the cemetery. That's what she said, or something. Or in the like freezer. That. I couldn't oh. leave him in the freezer. Is that what she said? Yeah, because remember they put cement on top of the cemetery so they could figure out well they were planning to but they never did oh no didn't the mom say why did you put uh cement maybe i don't write it he he wasn't on the kid directly that much yeah no yeah they were it was because he dug himself out and they were trying to hide the you know the cemetery spot okay well anyway he was in the back seat he said no he gets in his own car and that's when dr uh albrecht with her broken ass neck, it's twisted, so her face is facing you, but the middle of her back is broken, so it's broken forward, and her head and arms are reaching out, but her head's facing upside down, and she's like screaming about, wait, you can't, it's, you're leaving, it's still same, there's still time to save us all. And uh, my theory on this, a part of the reason why I think he can see all of them Mm-hmm. is because he keeps giving heart attacks. So he's like in between life and death. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And there was a moment in the film where I kind of wondered if he was even alive. Right. Do you know what I mean? I like, know what you mean. And that's why when he, he got in his car to leave, it's like he couldn't leave. Remember he like suddenly wasn't having like heart problems all of a mm-hmm. sudden and he was like perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to burn the whole fucking place down. That's when I was like, maybe he's dead. I think he was dead. But the whole reason he was able to see all of them is because he was living in between both worlds. Right. Because he's on the verge of dying. Right. And they know it. I think those beings, whatever they are. They're going to scare the shit out of you so you will die. Right. Or whatever it is. They they feed on it, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. maybe that's why they can't grab him either. I right. don't know. I don't know. There's something about it. But he like tries to burn the place down. He sees the kid in the kid room and it opens. It shuts the door really scary. <laughs> His wife, his ex or his ex-girlfriend hung herself in the house. So she's dead. He has a moment of like, oh, fuck. And then he's like, well, I just got to set it on fire now. Goes out front, tries to light the gas trail and it keeps going out. And then he looks to his left and his Hanos <laughs> blowing out the map. blowing it out with his glowing red fucking <laughs> eyes. Great. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know what was going on with his eyes, dude, but that was wild. It was crazy. 
So didn't he shoot his gun to get the fire started? Yeah, he shot, the, which you can't do, by the way. You really. Oh, really? You I can't, don't know. No, you can't shoot metal on the ground and cause a fire. Okay. I mean. You, Why the do sh- they always do it in movies then? Because it's it's magic. It makes it look cool. Oh, okay. They, I think they proved it on like. Oh, one of the Mythbusters or Yeah, something? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could do it if it was hot enough, but I don't know, you know, but whatever. He, he <laughs> lights it on fire and then uh, he goes and drives away. And I think we're, I, there was a moment where he was talking to Enrique who went to, this is why I also thought he was dead because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm in the neighborhood and Hanos is outside. He's acting really weird. He's like, get the fuck out of there. Leave. It's an order. This is after he had the like Enrique lie for him and shit. Mm-hmm. But by the end, we have a whole new team of investigators who are like, what's going on? I guess Funes either disappeared or got taken. They think he's a fugitive, that he killed all these people, and that's why everybody's missing. And so they're investigating Blumetti, and he's like, who's that guy behind you? And they're like, what guy? There's nobody behind us. He's And he pulls the picture. He's like, Rosentock. He's got a burned face, but that's him. Mm-hmm. And then the chair goes and moves by itself flips at him he's like you brought him here with us you brought him here and it's like what the fuck is going on like i just love how outlandish it is but like how it like keeps it in reality in some way too i don't know i love dimensional shit so you are you start playing with shit like that i'm gonna fucking love you and (laughs) love your movie so that's my shit dude but it's got to be good and they got to handle it. You got to have a lot of snack treats along the way. And I can't wait to watch uh, When Evil Lurks again. Again, yeah, we're buying that first yeah, thing. Yeah, because I, honest, I honestly, I, I still think that movie, there was like slow parts of that movie, but I think I just need to watch it again. Right. I don't know. I mean, I love this movie. There's really no trivia on it. Hopefully we get some from Demi and yeah. himself. See, I heard there was, they were supposed to be doing an American remake. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and then I also heard that the that the director wanted to do a sequel taking place from where this movie left off uh, at the jail. That would be amazing. That's what I heard when I was watching those explain it all YouTube videos today. I think he just wanted to kind of explore other opportunities and, you know, maybe the money got tied up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Guillermo's a pretty busy boy, but... I think he knows because Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo, the director, the actual director, wanted had like two other sequels to this movie. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That when Guillermo del Toro talked to him, he said, "Hey, how about I fund you a a remake or a sequel?" Oh, that's what I had heard. And then he and then he was gonna do the American remake. Yeah, he was gonna. No, he was just gonna do a remake of the movie that was gonna be like a possible requel or sequel or something. And they didn't know what it was gonna be because oh, okay. Guillermo del Toro was like, "I'll produce it. You just do it." Oh, okay. I'll give you whatever I you need. I thought you meant he was gonna direct it. I don't know, but I never heard anything else from it. Years later, right? Yeah, we never heard anything back. Good. And then setting. when Evil Lurks comes out, and then Satanic Hispanics, mm-hmm. he did a short for that. So he's been busy. Right. He's been doing that for the past couple of years, so I guarantee you it hasn't either never got started or it will start in the future. So needless to say, Shudder picked it up a second movie and uh, good on him because that's what made it big. I think I think it could. I think Shudder should have pushed it more because there's still people. I looked at the reviews and there's still people watching it mm-hmm. and they're like, whoa, how have I never seen this? Right. It's like we've all been telling you motherfuckers. <laughs> and they think Terrifier. That's why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, See? what is this, like a ripoff? Well, the cover's not that great looking, let's be honest. Well, no. 
They really needed to do a better one, but it's too late now. Yeah, it's from 2017. It's like now if you change it, then people won't know what it is. And then you're going to pull some trauma bullshit where you like rename it or something, (laughs) you know, where they it's like dead dudes in the house now, but it was originally (laughs) (laughs) cemetery or house on Cemetery Hill, that kind of bullshit. And then I can't find it for 10 years because I didn't know it was dead dudes in the house. Thanks, Floyd or Lloyd. (laughs) Anyway. We do have another movie to talk about, and that is Anything for Jackson. And Christina did the work on this one. Yes, and it was released December 3rd, 2020, just in time for Christmas. Booyah. A bereaved Satanist couple kidnap a pregnant woman so they can use an ancient spellbook to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child, but end up summoning more than they bargained for. And that summary doesn't really do the movie justice, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I was I was going through reading them and I didn't want to spoil anything. That's fine. So anyway. This was directed by Justin G. Duck, who No no no, no. was his last name? D Y C K? Just Justin G. Dyke or Dick. I don't know. I, I it's a tough it's D Y C K. Yeah. Who's directed a shit ton of Christmas movies. Including a puppy for Christmas. Mm, I love Christmas that in the Wild. A very good one. But this year, he has directed two episodes of Creep Show in season four. Nice. Episode three, Parent Trap. Uh, I'm sorry, Parent Death Trap slash to Grandma's House. We go. And episode four, Meet the Belascos. Belascos slash Cheat Code. Right. It was one of those. Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty that's that's good. And writer Keith Cooper, who is his partner. They write together and work together. Also on Christmas movies. Yeah. But he is also credited as a special visual effects artist in films such as Across the Universe, Superman Returns from 2006, and Silent Hill. Yeah. I think um, it's probably helped them in making this movie together, having some of those skills. You know what I mean? And then you get to know other people and networking. I joked around when I saw this first, when I saw this review. If you want to check out my review on YouTube, check it out. I'll include a link for it down below. But yeah, it's uh, I said, uh, this is what you get when you force dudes to make Christmas movies all year long and you make them working directors and actors. They get high on that shit and come back at, at reality with some fucking dark Smash ass it. fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. We have Sh- uh, Sheila McCarthy, who plays Audrey, like the grandma, uh, also in a lot of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. But uh Really good movies such as Women Talking from 2022. She was also in The Day After Tomorrow from 04, and she was also in Die Hard 2 from hmm. 1990. She looks familiar. You know who she is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Julian uh, Richings, yep. who plays Henry, uh, was in Man of Steel from 2013, X Men, The Last Stand. He was the janitor in Urban Legend. Mm-hmm. He's been in everything. He was the governor in The Witch. Yeah. He was in a Christmas Horror Story and. A Christmas temp, but most recently he was also in Bo's Afraid. That man has done genre cinema forever, he, and he has been in everything. He has like two hundred credits or something. Yeah, dude, he is a underrated actor. Actor, totally. He's great in this. Constantina Mentelos, who plays Becker, uh, was in a bunch of shorts, including a short called Smile, which I almost thought was the the movie that came out this year, Smile, but it wasn't. It was a short called smile oh she was in yeah she's the 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 pregnant lady in this movie yeah no she's not becker becker is the she is oh yeah becker's i'm sorry yeah becker's the pregnant lady she's named shannon becker they just didn't say it in the in the indb i'm sorry 
Josh Curtis, who plays Ian, uh, was in Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Recognized him there, yeah. Polar, uh, he was also in 112263. I like that show, miniseries. Uh, he is most recently starring in the MGM Plus series, Billy the Kid. Makes sense. He kind of looks like that. Yeah, he's a, he's a good look. Uh, we also have Yannick Bison, who plays Rory. She was in another wor- whoop, wolf cop. He also- was. Rory. Rory is the snowblower guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. He was in another wolf cop. Uh, no budget on this movie, but the gross was about 500000 Yeah. It was like 400000 for the other movie, by the way. Oh, okay. They didn't really make a lot of these movies because yeah, they were they're just... very independent. And this is a Canadian film, right? Uh, I don't know about it. Canadian. I don't. I didn't look that up. Oh yeah, that's, that's your what I job read. for this one. That's what I read. So yes, <laughs> this was a Canadian film. Alex. Oh, thanks for letting me know. Appreciate there it. There you go. Uh, what What do you? I appreciate uh, your due diligence. Christina. Do you like anything for Jackson, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I I don't think it's as good as Terrified, but let me just say it's damn close because this is a really good movie. This is a different movie. This is like. Watching two couples commit like some of the most heinous, weirdest, craziest shit while baking cookies. You know what I mean? Like it is like baking cookies with Satan. Like it is like <laughs> the weirdest combination of things that I I don't know how they came up with it. And I think they probably because she's been in Christmas movies, we're like thinking about like, wouldn't it be funny if this this sweet old lady was like a fucking Satanist and you know, what would make a person who's a woman become a Satanist at that age? Children, a dead child. (laughs) And so that's how they came up with this story. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, I don't want to be too specific about it. They basically, you know, like I said, a bereaved woman kidnaps a pregnant woman to use as an ancient spell book to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child, but summon more than they bargained for. So that should give you everything you need to know. Everything that happens in it, though, is just so wild. And all the characters in it, there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of dark humor in this. And I think Julian Richings really pulls it off a lot of times because, and so does she. She really is good at it, too. Ian, that Ian character, the guy. um, The actual Satanist. Josh Crotus. Crotus. Yeah, he is really funny in it, too, in a, like, really Hilarious. dark way. Like, this is, if you're a dark humor fan, you're going to love this movie. Absolutely, 100%, you will love this movie. Because <laughs> there is just a little bit of everything in there for dark humor fans. You know? Like, it is, it's got some wild gore in it. It's got some wild kills in it. It's got some wild things in it that you've never seen before that, ver- like, literally border hokey. And like, you're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a little too much, but it works. And mm-hmm. it's got this like balance of like comedy mixed with serious, like really fucked up scares and like this, like a hostage situation kind of thing. And like these older people who don't know what the fuck they're dealing with. Like one of the lines in the movie is she's like, do you think we should have done this? Did we do something wrong? And he's like, well, we did Google it. like that's hilarious you know what i mean because it's like that's exactly what an old person would do right you know what i mean like they would google how to fucking summon the devil (laughs) 
know what I mean? But some of the, the, the scenes and the ghostly things that are happening in this movie are very unique and different and interesting. I, I love that it embraces the, you know, everyone that surrounds them, you know, like mm-hmm. everything that, that touches these old couple and like, you know, there's something sweet and innocent about it. Well, something really dark and fucked up about it as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lore to it as well. A lot of really cool, funny, interesting moments in the film that are like bloody, you know, like the characters are really rich. Speaking of richings, um, I don't know. Everybody's firing in all cylinders in this, I think, like personally. I thought they were all did a really decent job. But, you know, Julian Richings and Sheila McCarthy is just fantastic. They are the it's kind of like what, what's that movie? The one that uh, Barbara Crampton did. You know, where they, like, deal with a vampire. The preacher's wife or something? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I think it was the preacher's wife or something like that. Or a husband's wife or some shit like that. But, yeah, it's just got that kind of, it's a little bit along those lines of funny, but not a little bit more. It's more dark. It's subtle. Yeah, it's yeah. More real subtle humor. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that I really love. It's a very different film than one and the next. The one thing about it that I think a lot of people dislike is the end. Because it doesn't answer a lot of questions. And I think it's the journey in this movie that really pays off. Right. In this circumstances, you don't need this shit explained. Right. And and budgetarily wise, it might have been too much. Like, they probably had, like, this grandiose sort of ending or whatever, but... They had to cut it back. I noticed the ending more this time that I saw it than the last time I watched it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, there's a lot of details in the ending. Let's right. just put it that way that you won't notice, but it's like almost you can tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not going to be a great ending for everybody, but man, I've never seen anything like it. I love what they do in it. The scares are cool. The comedy's fucking gold. Dark humor fans line up. I would give this one probably a nine out of 10, maybe an 8.5. I can see watching this over and over and over again anytime soon. Me too. Yeah. I love this story. It's original. Like you said, you can't really compare it to anything else. I liked the older grandparent, like the grandparent aspect to it. So sweet. They do both the, the sides. Desperation. Yeah. And the desperation in, in each of them like has their own reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing. The and, opening of the movie is perfect. It sets you up exactly how it needs to be. Too. Right. And I love them as a couple. Like you really believe that that they they've been together for like fifty years, it's you true, know. Yeah. Like it's really cool. I think that, she's younger than Julian Richings. Yeah, I think they oldered her up, but the dialogue's really great, and yeah, the lines were just really really good. And the story does jump around in the beginning, not mm-hmm. like you know terrified, but I mean it's again it's again it's in a good way. Like sometimes when you jump around, like you know, it doesn't really work out. But this, it worked out really good because it was like it was it was just like trying to explain what was going on with the, especially the pregnant woman, oh, and man. then like the cops coming in questioning the doctor because he's you know he's don't the, go too spoiler. I'm not the doctor. I'm just explaining the characters. Um, the creep factor is like really good. I love the satanic uh aspect of it, and and then the house. The house is also a character because they've opened up this thing and then there's like there's like ghosts or demons or something coming into the house. So right. it, it totally it's takes, a grab bag of fun right there. Yeah. And then like once that had happened, I'm not spoiling anything. Once that had happened, like then like anyone who could like came in the house around the house, like all this crazy shit would happen. It was just like 
really good. And I liked all the characters and the nice, like even the, the neighbor guy, the, you know, the snow shoveler guy, mm-hmm. like they even had his aspect of it too. And the cop and the cop coming into the house too. Right. I thought that was really, and the Satanist. There's the, a lot of omnipresence to the, like the evil that's in this movie. Oh yeah. It's totally. a different evil than the movie. We just, the other movie we just talked about, but they're both like very the stan- present. The standard, the standard evil, you know, the American right, the stereotypical the ca- evil, the Catholicism evil, right? That, it is, you know, the demons coming up from hell. It's like kind of, kind of like that. I liked. It was good. They did it well. It was. It was fun. Yeah, and if you know your stuff about like the like sort of um, I don't know like typical Catholic hell, like this, you know, like the the what's that movie? What's the Dante's Inferno style? Right. That's like the kind of one it is. Right, but they even have, it's a good modern horror movie too with oh, like yeah. cell phones. I really like this movie. It's really good. I give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, really? Yes. Wow! I I enjoyed this one just like I enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, I, I would it say it was a good episode week. I would for say me. it's pretty good. Yeah, like nine, both are nine out of tens for us. So you know, on the I think ten for the other one, but you know, it's two different worlds. They're both really good at both of them. The scares are both very good. Um, I think the scares are probably better in Terrified by just a little bit. You know, because they're these guys are insane to beat to match. But this one's supposed to be a little bit more fun and modern. You know what I mean? Like this one feels like another level of like horror. You know, it's like it's just a different version of horror. Mm-hmm. And man, is this a good mix? It's really just a genius mix. So I'm glad to hear that you like it so much. I do. I, I didn't really, know you. I, I didn't think you were going to give it enough. I I liked it. Um, I liked it better than the first time I watched it. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I was blown away by this that year. That was like a late comer, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, December eighth, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, I was like so glad I didn't miss this one. Jesus Christ! Uh, so I watched that immediately. But yeah, this is one of the indie films that you hope for, but it's like it never gets enough attention. So it's like these guys should be making new movies like immediately because of this one. You know, this right. is this is the movie that should have taken them to in the next level. So whoever you guys are, you need to fucking buy this movie, support the, rent this movie, support these guys. I want to try to get them on. I want to try to get Justin and Keith on to talk about this movie and if they're going to team up to do something next. I uh, know they're maybe did you look and see if Keith was uh did he work on any of the um creep show seasons with him? Oh, yes. He did. I th- so they're yeah. still working together is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think once you find a partner to work with like that, it's just like, it's just so much easier. You know what I mean? Like, it's like how Bender and I, when we did Black Ops, you know, right. like we both knew our roles and we both kind of added input to each other and we were like, oh yeah, that, that'd be kind of cool. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we bounce off each other to make this whole thing. And it just almost felt like an assembly line. Like, you know, not only assembly line sounds like very unartistic, but it, we like knew our roles. So we kind of like filled it in. When it makes we, it easier when you know what, you know, it if really you have structure, does. it's about structure. It's not, you know, it's not about. Well, it's being knowing what you're good at, what knowing what each of you are good at. Right. You know what I mean? That's a very hard thing because. 
you know, everybody thinks they're great at everything. <laughs> so you really got to set your ego aside sometimes and just kind of be open to like the, the challenge, you know? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think these guys did great. Go see it, watch it on shutter, support it. If it's still out and you can still get a Blu-ray of it, I'd buy it up immediately. Same with terrified because these are the movies that are going to be hard to find eventually. And it's so wrong to me. Like, I don't know why these, these, these it's cause you're old. These are some of the top films of the last 10 years to me. You know what I mean? Like some of the top five best films I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, like at least in the top 10, if not more, you know what I mean? So, oh, I do have a little bit of trivia, by the way, so we can go into that. It won't be a whole lot. It's just a couple of things I found. Um, we'll talk about that and we'll get into some of our favorite scenes. And uh, so if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, just go to Shutter, check it out, come back. We'll be here waiting for you. We love you. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So in this in the book of Bauer, the book that they have, which I right. really thought was cool. Right. Because the way that he talks about it, Ian, mm-hmm. he's like, this is in like 20 different dialects. Mm-hmm. This might be the oldest book ever, ever. Uh-huh. I love that because it's like evil hasn't just existed in one period of time. Right. It's existed over every period of time. And it changed forms. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's really cool how they do that. Like, And so apparently Keith Cooper had a fun line in Latin for anyone trying to read the book in the movie. It said, Tibi gratias ago tibi quia propinqua est quartis. What's that? Which means, thank you for looking so closely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they obviously have a sense of humor, clearly. Right. Uh, the director wanted to hide three hidden ghost scenes within the movie. Oh, really? Did, I did see the ghost in the mirror scene. I thought I saw that. I was like, wait, did, did I just you see it? I saw someone standing in the back, in the behind oh, her. Oh, I remember you saying when that. When the camera, when the thing did. I, I genuinely saw because I watched it a second time today. Oh, maybe you should film that. and. I should have written it down. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, yeah, he found one in the mirror scene about halfway, two thirds through that one I, I've seen. But I don't see the other ones. Hmm, that's kind of cool. Interesting. I love Easter eggs. It's totally like something sh- Taylor I feel bad now that I didn't. I wish I would have known that going in. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would have looked for it a little bit more intent- intently. I usually watch. But, you know, we take notes while we're t- watching these movies sometimes. So Right. Uh, the filmmakers met with Bill Marks at Vortex Studios and pitched and sold the movie in about five minutes. They started pre-production <laughs> literally the next morning. Oh, wow. Crazy. Such some ideas just pop out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they were like, look, an old couple loses their daughter and their son, tragically. Grandson. They, they want to bring him back. And what do old people do? They Google shit. So they Google how to fucking, they Google their way to a fucking summoning of the devil. <laughs> and then someone's like, sold. I'll, I, let's do it. Who do you have for the, the old people? Well, Perfect. We, we're thinking Julian Richings and maybe somebody else. Perfect. You, here's here's a billion dollars. <laughs> anyway, um, the house that they use for the bulk of the movie is actually writer Keith Cooper's house, by the way. That's a nice house. It is a nice house. I love how they, I love those houses where you overlook into the, right. it's got a wall though, so it kind of feels like you can put pictures up and stuff, mm-hmm. but you can kind of look over too. It's kind of nice. Um, Henry and Audrey's bedroom though, and, Ian, and, and Ian's basement were filmed at director Justin Dick's house. Oh, so both of their houses, you got to do what you can with what you got. I love the fucking scene in the basement with fucking Ian where he's like listening to metal and he's really intently studying oh. the book and, and he's like mom. taking notes. And the mom's like, do you want your chicken nuggies? 
She didn't. She didn't say chicken nuggies, but you know what I mean. It's just that. Get your dinner. That like the dichotomy of what's going on in that scene is so amazing. Yeah, and, and, and then, I, and I then, love that they play with that. Right, but then you know he flips and kills her. They didn't show that. They they talked about it, but you kind of assume though because he does talk about sacrifice. Right. Way heavier, and he pours blood out, and it's like, where did you get that? Yeah, blood? Yeah, where did that blood come from? He got it from his mom. Yeah. Um. There was a one of the designers, the production designer, and this is funny because like one of my buddies who you know um, who worked with Nick a lot of times at those uh, conventions. I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. He runs a camera and stuff, and he always like puts this little cop figurine in all of his movies and stuff. So he'll always hide it in there, and it's so funny because in this movie, Daniel Markworth, the production designer, hid a small black cat figurine in many of the shots, despite it ever being seen. Oh wow! So you know, it's just one of those things. My buddy, he puts a cop in a little right. figurine cop, right, in shots, uh-huh. and he'll either take the picture. To show everybody online and his friends, you know, but he always puts it in his movies and anything he shoots. That's cool. So <laughs> uh, it's funny that, that that's like a thing between people in production companies. That's funny. Um, so ghost, the third ghost is in the bedroom, supposedly in uh, Becker's right. So the screen left. Oh, OK. So after the police officer shoots herself, there's a younger ghost by the rocking chair table. I thought I saw that. It was like a shadowy thing in the corner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? No. Okay. I do remember that. It was like right after the cop shoots herself. So that's cool. They have this omnipresence going on there. I'm going to go back and look at this again. I'm sad. I'm so sad that I didn't catch these things. I'm so mm-hmm. mad at myself now. <laughs> so writer Keith Cooper originally planned the story for Anything for Jackson with actor Julian Richings in mind for the part of Dr. Henry Walsh, which is obvious because he's just so perfect for the role. Totally. And Audrey, who plays Audrey, is really good, too, though. Really good. I just think they just weren't sure about her, but Julian Richings was perfect. His timing, his his comedic timing his and charisma. stuff. He has this like charm about him where he can turn it on and be really nice to the ladies about to kidnap and also kind of evil and like there's that perfect balance of the two with him. Right. That I love and you even feel kind of bad for him at the end. Right. Cuz he's yeah, cuz he was doing it for his wife. Right. He even explains it which they really get into. Yeah. So apparently there's a laughing ghost at 52 minutes. There's a ghost in a white hospital gown in a doorway as Audrey walks up the stairs with a white pot. Uh, I think it's the same one that takes Ian out. Yeah, because I remember there being a hospital gown towards the end. Right. Did you notice what he was doing to Ian downstairs when, uh, when Becker comes running down? No. I think he was fucking his mouth. Ew. Okay. <laughs> I'm being serious. You got to watch it back because I watched it back a couple of times. I was like, yeah, that looks like he's fucking him. You watched it a couple times. Yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he has no eyes. Both of his eyes are like not there. Right. So I was curious because I was like, I don't remember Ian being dragged out by a ghost. Mm-hmm. But he gets dragged out by a ghost when uh, Becker stabs him in the leg. Do you remember that? Right. So... I don't know. I think it's the same one. But, you know, everybody dies in a hospital gown. So it's like. Yeah, exactly. You know, we had so many different ghosts in there. One of the most tragic, crazy ones was when the police show up and the lady officer is there. And holy shit. She's like, you think it's over for for them. And you're like, oh, God. She's got Audrey fucking laying on her stomach. Mm -hmm. 
the woman's in the bed, like, help me, help me, help me. And she's like, it's fine, honey. It's fine. She's pointing the gun at Julian Richings' character, Henry. And Henry's like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, I put my hands up. And she's like, and then Becker's like, the, the lady, the pregnant lady, she's like, let me out now. And she's like, it's fine. It's all over right now. It's all over. I just got one more thing I got to do. And Bam! She, and she unalives herself right there. And it is so seamless and so like, holy shit. <laughs> the first time you see that. Right. Oh That's my great. God. I was like, holy shit. And the f- most fucked up dark sense of humor about her in this whole movie is that she keeps coming back to interrupt them. Right. <laughs> like a fucking bad joke comes in the room all the time and keeps- As the, as the ghost or whatever. Yeah, as a she's ghost. a ghost. She becomes a ghost and she keeps unaliving herself repeatedly. Right. Over and over. It's like her the, her own personal hell. Yeah, it's exactly. like Because all these ghosts, when she, when they do the ritual, they're o- unlocking the doorway. Yeah, to They just don't let realize- and then that's one of my favorite scenes is once all that happens, mm-hmm. um, he, Henry's laying in bed and I swear to God, I was flossing my teeth this morning and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to floss my teeth. Oh God, the like, sound of it just is terrible. So the demon ghost thing was a lady and literally like she, her mouth was all fucked up and there was blood like dripping out her mouth and stuff and she's just flossing her teeth. <laughs> You know, she's just fl- she's flossing like the teeth out of All her mouth. All the way up to her lips. Yeah. Like it's cutting like going, herself with the floss. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about this morning when I was flossing Ugh. my teeth. <laughs> just hearing her teeth hit the fucking tile and shit, you know? Yeah, I was, it was like, gross. Ugh. And I like, she she also keeps popping up too in the house in different scenes. Which yeah, I, that's you know, true. It's yeah. cool. Like all of them like keep popping up. Yeah, I love that. That that's one of the things that really kind of makes this movie feel like they're they're entrapped in hell in that house, mm-hmm. which I really like. And anybody that comes near is like always. And even Ian is like, I don't even feel safe here. He's like, surprisingly, you guys did the ritual right, but you didn't finish it. And so I need to help you. And I'm asking for 10k because I don't really have money, and it seems like you guys have enough of it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was funny. And then uh, I also like the ghost, like the trick or treat uh, kid with the ghost thing on because it it actually related to the grandmother. It was like one right. of her memories. It so. was her daughter's memory. It yeah. was a memory of her daughter, of her, of her daughter, and it shows you how evil manipulates you. Yeah, exactly. So, and then that ghost like got bigger and scarier. Everything like, seemed a little personal to each of the characters too. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I wonder if Keith wrote like backstories to each of the characters in order to come up with these like significant things you know because like becker the pregnant woman keeps seeing the guy with the bag over his head yeah it was like and i swear to god i was like that's troy james there's no fucking way that's not troy james and i literally was just talking about troy james because he's in the the malibu horror story he was like that's his first movie by the way Mm -hmm. and it's like so significant that he's in this movie for this week because i i literally just reviewed it (laughs) but he's doing things in this movie that i had seen first before i saw in malibu horror story that took 12 years to make so it kind of felt like i was like i don't know it didn't feel as original you know Mm -hmm. even though that was his first film that he was in about malibu horror stories what i'm saying right this movie released so right but i'm just saying that this movie anything for jackson released before malibu horror story even though it's older right right technically right but yeah, that is definitely Troy James. But yeah, she she has that. And then like 
her daughter was like always wanting to wear the fucking the ghost costume. She was like, why don't you want to wear something else? And she tried to prevent her daughter from wearing it. And she's like, that's such a stupid thing that I would ever want to argue with my daughter about. I don't know why I just didn't want her to wear that stupid ghost thing. I wanted her to wear something even more. But she really loved the ghost thing and I should have just let her wear it. Right. And that's like where you get to know like Audrey's character a little bit. And uh I thought that was really kind of cool, like those moments. I thought it was cool, too. They have these little burst moments of, like, authenticity that happen throughout the movie that make it something more than just a jokey, silly movie, you know? Right. And I think it's just because they're so used to shooting scenes like that that are really sentimental <laughs> in Christmas right. movies, you know what I mean? Right. So they're like, well, we got this in the bag, you know? <laughs> That's our fucking bread and butter, motherfucker. <laughs> but um, what else is there? There's the... um. Ian has the one where the guy's in the hospital gown and has no eyes. So I wonder what that story is. Maybe he that's his father and his father like was crazy and like raped him as a kid. You know what I mean? Like I'm being serious. Like maybe it's his dad or something because I don't know. You know, that seems like something you would do as a writer is have a backstory for each of them so that you could thoroughly write a character. Right. So that their reactions are authentic. That's how a lot of writers do it. Right. You know, so. Um, I'm trying to think of one of my favorite movie points. I, I don't know if you notice this, but when they first do their ritual and they cut their hands and they start reading aloud and then that creature appears, mm-hmm. who's the sort of, uh, the, the, the boat messenger or whatever. Right. Gareth or something. Oh, the big thing. Sergef. Sergef. That's what oh, he calls him. Sergef is like the, uh, one of the demons names, but he seems like the guy that, because he's got a big staff and a light. So he can see where he's going through the mist. Mm-hmm. And I think he's some sort of like messenger or someone who would take he, you through the mist. He got summoned. Right. He got summoned and he overlooks the woman and her baby or whatever. But did you see that any like Jackson got squashed by something? Yeah. And I think it was the soundproofing because Julian Richings character, Henry, picks it up because he sees it squashed oh, Jackson. Jackson. And then he right. looks and he sees the fucking Sergef behind her mm-hmm. did you notice that mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm kind of curious if it like crushed him but no you see him later on in the window right, right. when she leaves because she escapes she's able to escape they talk about the book too that they got it from jerusalem or something like that yeah and there was like he bought it off the guy he said well we don't have a <laughs> well we don't have a retirement plan anymore so <laughs> I love that they add little little jabs like that to their age and stuff in it that they don't really explain. Right. I, I like the whole Google thing. I thought that was really fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene probably is definitely the snowblower scene, though. Yeah, because that's when it, it was the first, like, the unexpected thing. Right. Because then when the cop, the cop then shoots herself, you know. We can, yeah, then you know, like, it's the house. Like, it's the shit coming out of the house. Well, it's this nice guy that comes over, and you can tell that he's, like, a small business. He does, like, snow removal for people's homes and stuff, and, you know, he needs the money. And he, you can see he's kind of desperate and a little a little too nice. But, you know, Julian Riching's character, Henry, is like, eh, you know, just go away. I'm, I'm, I've kidnapped a woman in my house, and uh, this is not good. You know, you need to go away. And sure enough, like, the guy's like, um, you know what? I, uh, I'm so sorry. He's like, my wife left me. I, I, I think I'm going to lose the business. She took everything I have, you know, and you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't be, t- this is none of your business. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do it free. I'm going to do your yard, your driveway for free. No problem. You, you know what? You need it. I need it. 
Oh, but then Henry goes back in the house and is talking to his wife about Jackson, right? Right, because she's having issues with the house coming alive. And she's like, why are these, we did something wrong. There's something wrong, really wrong here because the cat's out of the bag in ways that we were not expecting and we were not prepared for. And that's when they realize they need to get Ian after this occurrence because the snowblower guy's like, hey, hey, Mrs. Walsh, hey. And she's like, he's like, wave to her, wave to his idiot, wave to him. You know, and she does, and then she starts talking to him, and and then she's like, "I think we did something wrong. I don't know if we're even going to be able to summon Jackson back." And then the Rory's like, "No, you did it right. You did everything right. Jackson's in there. He's in there with everybody else." He's like, "So you did everything right." And then he just, they're like, "What?" Like, kind of like, like, how did he hear us? And then he just sticks his head in the fucking the spinning fucking. Snowblower. Snow thing, like the plow or whatever it is, the churning thing that spits out the it's snow. It's like a wood chipper. Yeah, it's for snow. They they push it. It's a snow What the hell does plow it do? Blower. I don't know what they're Where called. Where does it blow it to? Just, the just other to side. the side. We just fucking shovel it. Well, you don't remember the blood coming out on the roof? Well, yeah, I remember that, but why don't they just fucking shovel it? I don't understand. Which I'm thinking to myself, like, if you just, that guy just shredded his head into the thing. And there's blood just shooting. That's an amazing scene. I, I, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, it's that, you know where I think they got that little scene from? Is from The Omen. Oh. It's the, it's all for you. Yeah, exactly. Moment, right? Like, right. that's that moment. Right. That you remember. And they probably were thinking, well, this is evil. What is, like, one of really memorable moment? We got to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's probably what Keith was thinking. So I got to ask him that if we if we ever talk to him. So I'm going to have to write that down. But, yeah. The end, however, let's talk about the end. I want to mention that before we go. Um, I know you're getting tired. I'm tired. We got all these packages in the mail, and we were, like, freaking out. Like, what the fuck is going on? And, <laughs> and that's why. Audrey gets stabbed by Ian. Becker, who's on the bed, she asks for the keys from Julian from Henry, Julian Richings' character. Get she gets undone everything but the leg, and then it's when Ian stabs Audrey and then gets taken away, and then she crawls across the floor next to Ian and stabs him in the leg while he's like doing the last bits of like the satanic ritual. Uh huh. But he's already summoned the beast. And it takes over Julian Richings and then mm-hmm. pops out his back. And he's like, please forgive us. And he gave her the keys and she gets out and runs away and runs into all these ghosts and everything on the way out. Every ghost that's been in the movie, by the way. Yeah, it pretty was much. Cool. They wrapped it up. They Which is, yeah, that was cool. Um, and then she gets in her car and she starts driving away and then she just stops suddenly. She has this feeling and she looks down and rubs her belly and she thinks about the situation. Or I think it was a flashback scene there. I can't remember something somebody said. But anyway, when you see the demon come up out of Julian Richings back, you notice it's a pregnant woman with horns. Did you notice that? Yep. I don't know if I maybe it wasn't a pregnant. Maybe it's just a big dude with a fat stomach. I don't know. But he had like a big old baby gut. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's just like a version of some sort of like demon or something. Yeah. Like you have to have a pregnant demon in order to give birth to a, you know, (laughs) I I don't know how that works. But yeah. I don't know. It was really weird. And she sees it on the road walking in front of her. And I think she just realizes and accepts. Like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And that she'd do anything for her child anyway. Right. So she's just kind of accepted it. Is that what you think? I mean, like, do you think she's in hell? I don't know. I think she's just let whatever take her and 
That was it. I think they like it. Leave it open a little ambiguous. Like, did she just hell, let hell out on Earth? And it didn't really matter that she had her baby. Uh, I don't know. Because they did say that it, it, they're not picky. Maybe they just picky. wanted her and her baby. Maybe they just wanted her and her baby. It doesn't like it came under Earth and it's going to take Earth over. I wouldn't go that far. Maybe. I don't know. At least it's in Canada first. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm sure it's going to go there first. You pieces of... Sh- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what you get for being so nice, so they say. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I really like the movie. The ending, I understand. Some people don't like. But you got to you gotta admit, the journey there was a lot of fun, so... Right. I would still pick Terrified over this one, just by a little. Just because of the scares. But they're very different films, and they both excel at what they're trying to do in the films very well mm-hmm. so you know check them out if you haven't already they're both on shutter highly recommend i would love to hear what your guys thoughts are on them i'd say it's worth a watch doesn't matter if i like it or not check it out see for yourself both of them and then next week we got trick or treat the 1986 movie that is essentially about okay. a bullied teenager who plays a record backwards and summons his metal idol to reality, and he's like Satan. It's pretty wild. And uh, so, yeah, I picked it because it's a Halloween movie. It's all take place on Halloween and stuff. Oh, okay. So, and I thought it'd be fun. We're not going to do two movies that week just because, you know, it's Halloween, and we want to have Halloween night, too. So we, <laughs> we figured we'd just do it that way, and then hey, you guys could listen in the mornings and then be on with your day. Gene Simmons is in this movie. Yes, a couple of people are actually. It's not just Gene Simmons. Okay. You know who else is in it? Who's another famous metal god? Oh, Ozzy or something? Yes, Ozzy's okay. in this movie as well. In fact, it's like notoriously him in it too because he plays a preacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Richard Simmons plays a DJ. Oh my god, I love Richard Simmons. Yeah, so he's he's in it. Wait, did I say Richard? Gene Simmons. Oh. <laughs> Richard Simmons is in it, and he's not wearing a headband in anything, but we always remember that he had a headband for some reason. <laughs> Richard uh, Jen, uh, Rich, uh, Richard Simmons never wore a headband, guys. Did you know that? Does that blow your mind? But we No, rem- it's the Mandela effect. Yeah, we remember it that he wore a bandana, but he never did. Not a headband, a sweat a headband. band. Yeah, it's a sweatband, but you know, like on his fro, but he never did. So just FYI. But yeah, Gene Simmons from Kiss is in there as a DJ. And yes, Ozzy Osbourne is in as a preacher. Oh, okay. So it's a wild movie, a lot of metal, a lot of Halloween. Not the best, but we'll have a fun time watching it either way. A lot of people love this one. It's just a weird kind of shocker-esque movie. So yeah, definitely check it out. You can watch it on, it's on Apple Plus TV subscription. So it has it in there. It's hard to rent. Otherwise, other than that, maybe you can get a free you know, trial or something like that that you can check out. Apple's been doing a lot of promotions for it lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if you could find one. But yeah, it's on there, or you can pick it up on uh, Blu-ray. I don't think there's a copy online uh, that I've seen on, like, YouTube or anything like that. But, you know, you should support the movie if you can anyway. But, uh, yeah, Trick or Treat from 1986, specifically. You want to type that in because there's a movie called Trick or Treats from the 80s. There's Trick or R Treat which is from 2007 that Christina probably got confused with. Which I thought with. we were watching. <laughs> she didn't know. Um, but yeah. Anyway, hope to see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for coming by this week and supporting. If you know somebody that enjoys this, share it with a friend. Let us know how you feel. See you next week. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers! Long live the void. 
Ha, ha, ha.